Hi, this is Connie Stevens. You're listening to TV Confidential. Well, it's hard to be a gambler betting on the number that changes every time. We're talking to Corey Cooper. Corey is the world's foremost authority of Elvis Presley, and Corey draws his vast knowledge of the king from his deep ties and connections with many of the people who were closest to Elvis throughout his lifetime, including members of the Memphis Mafia. Corey also contributes to many radio shows, television projects, and books related to Elvis Presley. As a matter of fact, Corey recently contributed a back cover quote to an excellent new book called Once Upon a Time, Elvis and Anita, the story of Anita Wood and her five-year relationship with Elvis Presley, which you can find at ElvisAndAnita.com. Going back to what we were talking about before, and we just said this in our reset, Corey, your knowledge of Elvis is drawn from the relationships you have made with the people who were closest to him when Elvis was alive. How did you first connect with people such as the Memphis Mafia? Well, you know, it would be over the years, you know, there's a lot of Elvis events and conventions and festivals, things like that, that I would attend. And you get to know certain people, you see certain people that come to these, and they, they know people directly, or you meet the person directly, you know, they have, they'll always have special guests, and there would be, you know, co-stars or other, you know, the authors would be there, people that was in his band, you know, and then, the you know, the Memphis Mafia members, you know, the people that were the closest to him, that were his friends and that protected him, and, you know, and you'd start to build these relationships with these people, and and a lot of them we stayed in contact over the years and became friends and things like that. So it's it's wonderful for me because these are firsthand accounts from the people that were actually there for a lot of these events during his lifetime. So when I speak about Elvis, I can speak about Elvis not only for my own education on the subject, but also I can go to these people and, and verify and confirm stories and, and get firsthand accounts that a lot of other people may not be able to get. So it's really been fantastic for me because... I never got to meet Elvis. I never got to see Elvis live on stage. But I can sit there and really get to know how the person was by knowing and talking to the people that were there for these events. Right, because you have access, you have direct access to living history, and not everyone can make that claim. Yeah, that's an absolutely perfect way to put it. Let's see. We we talked a little bit about uh, Graceland and how Elvis had, had more or less an open-door, open-gate policy uh, while he was alive. I forget the exact figure, Corey, but I believe more people visit Graceland today than any other place in the United States except the White House. So the White House is number one. Graceland is number two. Why is that? Why do people still want to come to Graceland? Yeah, and, and that's true facts. That's, uh, can you imagine that? That 600,000 people a year uh, take the Graceland tour. And myself, from my my own answer to that, I've I've been there three times over the years. Um, I think you know it's the ultimate pilgrimage. If you're a fan, you need to go at least once. Um, and for me, it's, it's such a overwhelming, surreal feeling to be standing inside his home, and and it almost just feels like you can just picture him coming down the stairs and hanging out. And um, you know, because the, the home is is decorated back to the way that it was. But it's not the way it was when Elvis passed away, but they, they put it back to the way it was when Priscilla, his ex-wife, lived there. So uh, the motive that's there now is the way that it was when she lived there. And it's just like a time capsule. You just expect him to, to be there still, and it just you can feel that presence and that power, and it almost feels like you're 
like intruding, like you shouldn't be there in a sense. It's, it's a very, very odd feeling, but it's wonderful to be there because the man lived in that home for 20 years, and family members lived in that home for, for years and years. And, you know, he bought the home for a present for his mother, who he, you know, had such deep loving ties with. And sadly, she only got to live there about a year before she became ill and passed away. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much history in that home. I mean, music was recorded there, and and his daughter Lisa Marie was born in Memphis and lived there. And it's just spectacular to go to and see. There's just so much history of it there to just be standing there and be have all this around you. It's just a it's a real Elvis spiritual type of meaning, you know. When you get there, it's it's I, I recommend it for any fan to go. And even if you're not fans, you know, my my wife. You know, wasn't necessarily a big Elvis fan, and even before we met, she had taken the tour, and she became even more of an Elvis fan after after going there. She she said she understood Elvis more after after touring Graceland and seeing what it's all about. I have not been to Graceland, but a few months ago, our colleagues Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen told us the story of their experience when they visited uh, Graceland a few years ago. And the biggest surprise for them, and they shared this with us on the air, is because it's Elvis and because he's an icon and because he's a legend, you have this mythic image of Graceland that that is this sprawling spread. And it is much smaller than, than you realize when, when you actually make the tour, isn't it? Yeah, it is. The, the home, pretty normal citizen, of course, is going to be uh, grand and extravagant and, and, and very large. But when you think of the caliber of celebrity Elvis was, it's not like that. It's certainly not like the Aaron Spelling mm-hmm. mansion. You know, it's nothing like that at all. Which, again, I think is kind of neat in a way that because Elvis could have had huge mansions like that, and he didn't. In fact, even when he bought Graceland, there was even more land with it than there is now. He, there's about 13 acres of land that it's on now, and it was about double that when he bought it. But he even said, I don't need that much land. So they've sold off about half of the acreage that was around there. But that is one thing that it is a little bit odd when you first go there because when you see the mansion from the street, it looks it looks pretty darn big. And then when you get into it, yeah, it just is not as large as you think that it's going to be. But I mean, it's still a, a good sized place. And of course, over the years, Elvis added things and renovated, and there was a carport that was turned into an apartment area and things like that. So I mean, there was things done to make it a little bit bigger and to his to his liking and his taste. But uh, Yeah, it's certainly not what you think it's going to be when you get there. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised 3rd edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com, rockford45.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, thoughts on this week's program or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain.
at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.